0: Hi, I'm Philadel And I'm Clara. And this is A Sheep Staring at Me. A podcast on history, culture, literature. Geeky things and life in general. And this is our Pride special, I guess. And we've got a guest.
1: Hi, I'm Sophie.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, so we did have a plan, which I now forgot, but wrote down. Um, <laughs> Okay, um, so one might ask oneself uh um, why the heck we're doing a Pride special, because everyone's doing a Pride special, or something about Pride, I guess, and um, yeah, and I don't know if we know why we're doing a Pride special, but I guess it matters to us, I don't know,
1: do you know why? Yeah, I mean, personal (laughs) importance I don't know <laughs> yeah here. yeah because it's uh, important to me personally I would say
0: yeah and um well and obviously while, while pride is going on there's everything I mean pride is everywhere that's the problem um if you try to you know keep yourself out of it you can't no. and you shouldn't and i'm rambling so clara please help
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i would say that pride is personally important to me and i would also say that it's often misunderstood because of the word pride Um, maybe especially in a german context because stolz seems like a negatively connotated word um and especially because of that it's important to highlight the issues that the pride movement and um, yeah, social equality movements in every aspect of basic human rights stand for.
1: Yeah, and I would also say that a lot of people think that because it is called pride that they think we think that we are better than straight people or cis people, but I wouldn't say that that is the case with pride
0: yeah I guess we're just probably overlooked a bit more especially historically
1: yes
0: (laughs) (laughs) um I mean pretty much any person who isn't a gay man is historically not taken seriously I think not that much gay men, I mean, were at least seen to be, like, a problem. (laughs) So, you know.
1: Yeah, Um, I mean, even if we look at um, the history of the LGBTQ plus community, the problem is there isn't much of a history, I mean, there is, but there isn't very much known about it, Um, and especially in Germany, I find it quite hard to really, yeah, inform myself about it, especially when it comes to um, people in the community that are not gay men. Um, because, I mean, yeah, there were laws against um, being gay, but they only applied to gay men because lesbianism basically was denied. It wasn't seen as something that could be possib- possible because how could women possibly be sexual beings interested in one another? Um, yeah, and so even if you like look into um, gay history in Germany, it's really hard to find information about any other group other than gay men.
2: Yeah, I would say that uh, really often it's more history of erasure than history of what was there. I yeah. mean, I remember all those articles of Close female friends found buried next to each other. I mean, it could yeah. really be that they were close female friends, but I remember a picture of um, a grave with two female doctors actually. They lived together for decades, uh, never married and um, were buried next to each other. I mean, at some point it it seems like there's a strong indication they were not just roommates. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Like, yeah, I mean, I mean in, in England I think in the 16th or 17th century or something there actually were women that married other women because the church didn't see it as a problem so there wasn't a rule against it so they used it and it was kind of well I mean some people were I think scandalized but
1: most people just didn't give a toss so yeah, and but I think this problem of oh they're just just girls being pals, you know, is the problem today. I mean, I saw I saw a picture on Instagram um of two women like being married and then there was this comment, oh such good friends getting married the same day. I wonder what their husbands look like, and everyone's like yeah. they they got married to each other. <laughs> like no man involved.
2: <laughs> I think I saw that too. <laughs> I forgot the names though I, I saw a post
0: some time ago I think it was about Australia um because I think gay marriage was not allowed there either and anyway so there, there was this post um where two women were getting married and the um their dog was a flower girl or whatever and um someone commented oh my god so glad this is possible now and I think everyone who saw that just basically thought that the dog wasn't allowed to be a flower
2: girl before and i thought that too <laughs> me too i remember that post and one person commented um maybe even of the wedding party that person commented for a moment i forgot that homophobia was a thing <laughs> I thought what is wrong with the dog being a flower girl <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, what is wrong with a dog being a flower girl? Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. I, I think, personally, I have to say, in my personal history, um, I was thought to be a lesbian more often than people kind
2: of thought I wasn't one. And I don't know why. I think that apply to me too, but I know why. I played football. Yeah, and it's <laughs> hair now. So. Yeah, but with a hair, no one ever asked.
0: <laughs> uh, people but, for me, I think it was my dad asking me, are you a lesbian? So many times. I, I'm not, but
2: you know. <laughs> yeah. I remember being asked a lot with female friends when I was younger, and I... Went totally against the stereotype of a lesbian back then with hip long hair and I was never girly. So I didn't go totally just, against that. You no, know,
0: just saying the hip long hair isn't against the stereotype. It's <laughs> your
2: thing, yeah. <laughs> but I was always asked, are you two together? Are you in love with her?
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's coming from from the two ones who aren't actually lesbian.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and um, everyone always thinks that I'm totally straight, so, <laughs> I, that... didn't.
0: so I didn't think that.
2: I <laughs> remember, I'm sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> um, I was finished talking, so. Okay. Uh, to that uh, topic of assuming sexuality or making jokes about that, I remember, Um something that happened when I was in England with Lovis, shout out to Lovis. Um, <laughs> we were trying on, she was trying on a dress in a charity shop we were working in, uh, or she was allowed to take that home where we were staying. And she didn't know where the buttons went, if they went in the front or in the back, because the cut seemed so that the buttons went in the back, but then the uh, the tag was in front. So uh, the next morning she told the lady we were working for that she wasn't sure about that and that that lady we were working for wasn't sure either. And I only realized hours later what she had uh, said because she fiddled around with the buttons, turned to me and said, well, you're a both-way sort of girl anyway, aren't you? A both ways sort of girl. <laughs> And then she left us with a dress and we were both a bit dumbfounded what that had to do with a dress. And hours later, (laughs) realization happened. So yeah, to everyone else who got that, props to you. I didn't for hours. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay.
0: Just um, because I didn't prepare anything again, I'm just winging it as one might have noticed. Um, what do we know about um, the history of Pride Month? Because I do know a few things, but I don't really know anything. I genuinely don't know anything ab- apart from the fact that it started, I think, in 1970. but. Um, <laughs> To riots in nineteen sixty nine, 1969,
2: but yeah. I don't know anything more. <laughs> so, yeah, yes, I've, <laughs> I've got some notes that I can uh, tell you about because I, I did know Stonewall, sixty nine, that riot, but not a lot more. And I thought, well, it isn't just Stonewall, isn't it? Um, and what I found. Um, which is I think important to note is that that wasn't the point at which pride started, at which, uh, you know, at which um, gays started to happen because a lot of people say gays haven't always been here. Yes, they were, but that's just the problem that the visibility wasn't as high and not only visibility, but basic human rights, civil rights and acknowledgement of just, you know, loving who you want to love. (laughs) Um and I read that even in the early 50s and early 60s there were several um, several pride events typically held during times that wait. they were several pride events as uh, counter movements to discrimination that was happening, and they um, were for, self-affirmation, basic dignity, equality, and generally increased visibility, and the earliest demonstrations happened in the 50s and 60s in the US to inform and remind citizens that LGBTQ plus people were not getting basic civil rights, and they were organized by organizations such as Daughters of Bilitis and the Matoshin Society, if that means anything to anyone. And um, yeah, that was well before what we in Germany know as Christopher Street Day.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and I also um, looked into the Stonewall riots a little bit more. Um, and again, those were not the first riots. There were riots before that in LA, for example, or San Francisco, but this one is kind of the one that is the best known. Um, yeah, and that night the police raided the Stonewall Inn, which was a gay bar in New York City. They arrested people, beat them up, etc. cetera. Um, but um, yeah, the customers there in the bar, they resisted and started kind of a rebellion protested against the discrimination of the queer community and yeah, that kind of ignited more protests in in the next weeks. Um, But what I found really interesting is that nobody really knows who started it because I think most people who kind of have looked into um, gay history a little bit assume that it was um, Marshall P Johnson and Sylvia Rivera, that started the riots, but um, I think both of them have denied it already. Um, Both are dead by now, so but um, but, but both uh, denied having started the riots. I think Johnson said that the riots had already started um, when she arrived at the bar. And Rivera Rivera said that although she was given credit for throwing like the first Molotov cocktail, um, she actually threw the second one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what I think is very important to remember is that um, it is very undeniable that especially trans women have always been at the forefront of protests and have been, um, yeah, always been very active um, when it came to yeah, the fight for equality. So even if we don't actually know who started the riot, I think it's still very important to give um, trans women the credit of fighting for equal rights and leading the pride movement.
2: Yeah, especially there because they're one of the groups that people are say about, oh, they didn't exist 10 years ago. yeah. No, they didn't have the, the friendly environment to come out 10 years ago, which just, um, I mean, they still have problems with that in some areas, which is a sad fact, but I would carefully say that it's slowly getting better. <laughs> but the fact that it's taking so long just speaks for the fact that it was needed back then and is
1: still needed. Yeah, also in uh, the article that I read um, where River, Rivera, Rivera oh God, um, <laughs> talked a little bit about the night and what happened in the Stonewall. And she also said that they were never really welcomed, even in the queer community, um, except when it came to fighting for equal rights, because they were always at the forefront because they didn't really have to lose anything. Um, but only to gain equality. Whereas other, um, yeah, groups within the community always already had (laughs) some rights, some human rights, and therefore also had to lose something. And she said that she was never really afraid to fight for equality because, yeah, it couldn't get worse than it already was for her.
0: Yeah, but I mean, uh... I just remember to Clara's point that uh, people say there weren't any trans that people say you know there weren't any trans people ten years ago or whatever or I don't know they they uh, they existed historically I mean like two thousand years ago they were they they were existent yeah yeah <laughs> and that's a long time so. <laughs> um, I mean, I I don't know anything specific, but I do know that, um, you know, quite a lot of indigenous groups, I think, in America had trans people and were completely okay with that and just didn't care. The Maori in Hawaii, yeah. Yeah. And uh, hundreds of years ago. So, I mean, it's wrong to say that they didn't exist just because people don't know
1: yeah and it's kind of an, an easy way out to justify <laughs> one's own intolerance yeah or
0: also those people and there's a lot of them who say um yeah being bisexual seems to be a uh, kind of a like a like a thing these days it seems to be modern no it's just okay now so you know it's it's okay for our generation to say hey yeah i'm kind of interested in at least two genders and you know that is just that wasn't possible in i don't know our parents generation like that yeah and um yeah (laughs) and so okay what i wrote down is where and when does pride month originate why do we still celebrate it and how much sense does it make to us i think the first part of that you talked about because you did the research and i didn't (laughs) yeah but um why do we still celebrate it and How much sense does it make
1: for us? Um, I would say we still celebrate it because we still don't have equal rights like that I mean in Germany at least it's possible um, like uh, same-sex marriage is possible um, now um, but um, it's still very um, difficult for example to um, have children together it's it's more difficult than for um straight couples not just because of uh, uh the process yeah. <laughs> you know but um yeah also for example if um if um, there is a if two women um have a child together then um only the biological mother can put her name in the um like birth document um, why the other mother can't um, and has to adopt that child later. Um, whereas it's like when a straight couple goes to a hospital and the woman um, yeah, is pregnant, then nobody asks whether the man is the biological father or not. Like it's just accepted that those people are family and they have, yeah, all the rights as a family, whereas for a lesbian couple, for example, yeah. that's not the case.
0: Yeah, and even if even if the man c- going along with it isn't the father.
1: Yeah,
0: and that's known, and that nobody just nobody
2: cares.
1: Mm. Yeah, if if say, yeah write him down as the father, then he is the father. Like
2: yeah. not yes. It's not even just accepted like that. It's by law assumed. Yeah that uh, if a woman comes in with, with a man she's married to, then that's the father of the, ch- of the child. Yeah. Um,
1: but, exactly.
0: But also, I remember an instance when, when I was in school um, that a friend of mine asked me, pretty much out of nowhere, hey, just theoretically, if you were to be adopted because you didn't have any family anymore and you had the choice between not being adopted or being adopted by a gay couple, which would you choose? And I was like, well, if the gay couple's nice, I guess them. Yeah. You know, <laughs> because, um, and then there were two other students who were completely confused by that because they'd been brought up to think that that was wrong and that that was unnatural and that's still a thing that people are brought up like that. And I mean, for me, it wouldn't matter. I guess it would just matter if the people could be a family for me and not what their genders or sexes or whatever are and whom they love. I mean, it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah,
0: they love you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they do, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah.
2: yeah.
1: And even um, and like, I mean, school is a whole different topic, I think, because I mean, I remember that there were guys actually discussing whether they would beat up a gay guy or not if they saw one on the streets, which is so wrong on so many levels. Um, but even in university and even like within all studies where you would think that people would be more open-minded and would know more about the topic. Uh, Sometimes I just sit there in courses and thinking to myself, uh, okay. um, (laughs) Because for example, one time I had a course on Joan of Arc and we we read a play that um, was written by a gay woman, which was basically her coming out play and Joan of Arc was a lesbian in that play and it was also quite feminist. And then um, one student in the course actually said that she found it a bit weird that Joan of Arc was both a lesbian and a feminist. (laughs) I was just sitting there like, "Um, should I say something? Yeah, there's other
2: situations that are slightly uncomfortable but more than slightly sometimes.
1: And she also said like, it was so confusing to her that on the last couple of pages, like Joan of Arc suddenly turned out to be a lesbian. And then I was just like, well, <laughs> actually, <laughs> he also said that it was a coming out play. So I wasn't pretty surprised. And then um, on one of the very first pages, Joan of Arc was rambling about um, How it annoyed her so much that all her female friends were getting married to men. And she didn't want that for herself. And also the the plot was basically like every lesbian plot ever, because we have thrown up arc in love with her best friend. And yeah, at the end, one of them dies. So hooray. Um, So it's basically every lesbian plot that ever existed um and i was just you know, wow some people really are ignorant like not i i don't think she she meant any harm with those comments but it just showed how yeah ignorant some people still are when it comes to that topic i i don't know
0: if it's ignorance maybe sometimes it's just that they're not educated yeah, yeah i mean that's right that that yeah. you know I mean I remember when I was little people would always tell me you go play with the dolls and the boys play with the cars and I didn't agree with that and um, I also had short hair which wasn't my choice but you know so that was always kind of weird and my father was really embarrassed when people thought I was a boy I didn't care you know or that people if if i played with a boy people asked oh is he your boyfriend and i was like five
2: <laughs> well, i mean that's so wrong on another level too yeah
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah but i was i was also once asked if um a guy was my boyfriend because we hacked, and people yeah. saw and i was like uh, no <clears throat> why would you think that we're together just because we were hugging, and that was in ninth grade, so it wasn't even like, like in in elementary school stuff where it's like, oh, you're talking to a boy, you must be in love.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think those experiences all range from mildly funny, actually, over mildly uncomfortable to just wrong on all levels. Yeah. I mean, one of the tame experiences I had was that in, which is actually funny in said because I don't think that classmate meant any harm. And I think it was meant in a satiric way, but I'm back with satire, so I don't know. Um, we were listening to Queen in music class and one boy half complained, half noticed that it sounded gay. Freddie Mercury singing <laughs> sounded gay. I was very confused back then. <laughs> And little old naive me said, Why, well, he's gay. <laughs> right, you know? But yeah, first of all, how can you sound gay? Second, yes, that's Freddie you're talking about. He would have laughed at you had he heard you say that and said, That's me, baby. <laughs> so that was one of the funniest bits um, <laughs> I had to listen to in that regard. <laughs> well,
0: I mean, yeah, I guess one can sound gay to that, but I think that that's just also part of the histo- history of being gay, I guess. Yeah. It wasn't allowed. It was, you know, especially in England, I think um, there's quite a part of a gay culture that is just uh, focused around having the, having an own language, basically, an own slang and um, knowing, finding out who's also gay um, just through talking. And other people wouldn't get it because
1: obviously they're not in on it. I mean, it's still still there. I mean, do you listen to Girl in Red meme? (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Perfectly sums it up. Yeah, but I think that then like queer coding was even more important than nowadays because, yeah, it was dangerous for you to just go and say, yeah, I'm gay. Hello. And um, even if you
0: did say that, people might have just thought that you're just happy. Yes. <laughs> because language.
1: True.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I remember uh, having that confusion. I, I realized very late that gay also means happy. Because the first time I listened, I heard the word was in Freddie Mercury singing The Great Pretender. And he sang I'm gay as a clown. And I thought, well, there's probably gay clowns. (laughs) You do you. (laughs) And years later, I realized, oh, he actually means happy. He's not singing about his sexuality.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, Well, but... um, I always um, like (laughs) one time um, that kind of happened in a lecture in university, which was about restoration culture. So the texts. I was there too. (laughs) Yeah, so the texts were quite old. Um, I don't know. I think Oh, th- this one guy Peeps. What's his name? I think yes, Samuel Peeps. Samuel Peeps with his diaries, and I think he used um, the word "gay" a lot in media. Yeah. and every time, like I was not listening, but every time the word "gay" like came out of the lecturer's mouth, I was just like, huh? what? what? <laughs> <laughs> now I'm listening. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, at that point, I already knew like, that the word gay had multiple meanings, but m- my brain was so programmed to associate the word gay with, like, yeah, homosexuality, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> that uh, I was always like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, um, so I've got the other note on here, and because we've been talking for a while already, so I'm just, uh, um, how is it with visibility for the different groups celebrating Pride? And, you know, so what's our experience with that? Just go to that, because otherwise it's just getting too broad, I guess.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I would say, as a white, cis lesbian, I'm kind of in a lucky spot because yeah when you talk about gay people people usually mean gay men and lesbians basically um and those are i think like the groups that still have the most representation in media and books and stuff um but i would still say that there is room for more, especially um, because lesbian representation isn't always uh, that good, um, especially in movies. Um, when it comes to the male gaze, to sexualization, fetishization, that's still, um, I think, a big topic. Um, and yeah, it could be so that. Better. Have you watched Booksmart? Uh, no, but I want to. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean on, on that part with you know visibility for lesbians it's really good yeah i have mean, seen some, that well
1: yeah I've, I've seen some clips and I want to watch it really badly but um, yeah a movie that I cannot recommend even though it's kind of listed as a lesbian classic is Blue is the Warmest Color it's when like it really is like very sexualizing especially knowing that um, the director yeah, kind of forced the two actresses to do stuff that they weren't comfortable with mm. um, and yeah it's very explicit and I watched it and even apart from that I didn't like the movie because I just found it boring <laughs> because <laughs> nothing much really happened except for the two of them to have sex and argue i think um but no, that's, that's my opinion on it yeah
0: but um with book smart the thing i found really interesting also was um this um the director is a woman and she um also said because there is a sex scene in there um and she, she decided that really just like five people will be in the room like she the two women the two girls who were in the scene and i think one guy who had a camera and one person who did the light or sound or all of that and um she just completely reduced it to the minimum uh, because she said those scenes are really weird anyway and i don't want to make it even worse and i just wanted it to be normal. And she managed, and it was really good. And I think the actresses were really comfortable on set. So, yeah,
2: yeah. good. I mean, what we've learned from Sophie's uh, point right now is that visibility and representation doesn't always mean good visibility and good representation. And when done wrong, it can do more harm than good, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: so, I think well, I'm personally um, part of two side groups, two uh, groups that aren't really in the limelight. Um, as a, well, I guess I'm defining at this point as a bisexual, gender fluid person. Um, and there isn't any representation really. <laughs> like, I didn't even know that I defined as that because I didn't know what it was until I really did some research and there wasn't anything. And at some point I, I did find some definitions and I did identify most with those. So yeah, but I haven't ever seen a film or series or anything that had a realistic... Gender fluid person in it. I mean, I guess there's possibly bisexual representation out there in films, but it's not really addressed or really, you know, taken seriously.
2: So that's a bit problematic. Yeah, especially those that do not fall on, let's say, the extremes of the spectrum, yeah. where, where you can't say, Oh, 100% straight, 100% gay, as if that even exists. You know, ask me. I don't know about the spectrum. I just know a teeter around the middle. Um.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the, the thing, I think the group of people that has it even worse than bisexuals and gender fluid people possibly is asexuals because if you're asexual even if it's a romantic thing in a film people are just like oh they're friends no they probably
2: aren't but yes <laughs> and i mean uh a lot of people say that asexual ex- asexual shouldn't actually be counted among the LGBTQ community which is so disrespectful and hurtful to them and to everyone else says you know <laughs>
1: yeah yeah I think there there comes um, also the problem um, that within the community there's a lot of disagreement Um, like I know that um, there are a lot of people in the lesbian community who are very biphobic against bisexual women which I to this day I don't understand because I mean we know what it feels like if your sexuality is not respected and um yeah and we all know that sexuality isn't a choice so why would you be like making other people within the community feel bad for it um and discriminate discriminate against yeah basically your own community in, in a way um yeah but also um, like i i think to this day I've read one book with um, a character actually that was asexual and aromantic and um, it also talked about the fact that um, yeah it's often overlooked and not really seen as a real identity um, which of course it is and that people say yeah I mean you're when they're for example aromantic and not visibly in a relationship with someone um, and then they people say, yeah, you don't experience real discrimination because like people won't harass you on the streets for holding hands with someone um, or stuff like that. But I mean, people who are aromantic or asexual or both, they still don't fit into the heteronormative concept of what love is. Um, so, yeah, if I mean, I've also seen people who say, yeah, I, I don't really see myself as a part of the que- queer community, really. I mean, that's of course then their choice, but I would say that for the reason that they are not like fitting heteronormative concepts in our society, of course, they're still part of the community. They should at least be offered a space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. um, So, and um, I've got the question in brackets, what can we do to even things out? Because, well, obviously, as we have talked about, there isn't visibility for everyone and there isn't, you know, the possibility to just...
2: Yeah, I would begin with... uh generally saying to answer questions as far as we can answer questions ask questions when we have questions because it's not really a division between knowing everything and being so wise about all that and and on the other hand uh being the biggest homophobic there is you know (laughs) and that's basically the problem that there's ingrained homophobia and education that isn't covering the real world, and I can't really blame people that just don't know, but I would see it without without sounding too melodramatic, I would see it then as my duty to answer their questions and say, hey, this is what I know, this is where you can look, and yeah. yeah. Also, I think it starts in kindergarten. Yeah.
0: As I said, you know, if you're a girl and you're friends with a boy, people will probably ask, is he a boyfriend? We could just not do that. Like, just accept that a girl is friends with a boy or a boy is friends with a girl. I mean, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Usually people aren't really interested in sex. So just,
1: (laughs) yeah. Yeah, and I would also say to, like, at least um, for myself, um, that I definitely want to educate myself as well um, on other identities within the queer community. Um, And, for example, um, yeah, I noticed um, around me were a lot of people who kind of um, had those stereotypes, like, Stereotypes against bisexual people, for example, that are very prominent in the media, and I don't know. I just I would say always educate yourself as well. Even if you already know a lot about a topic, there's still things if they don't affect you directly that you might not notice, um, and you might not notice that they are a problem and especially when it comes to intersectionality, um, that there are people, for example, if you a person of color and also in the queer community, your experience will be different like from a white person. Or if you um, don't fall within the gender binary, for example, then your experience will also be different um, than from someone who uh, is cis. So yeah, always educate yourself, I would say.
0: And keep an open mind, because, you know, pretty much anything is possible,
1: I think. And, yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, sometimes it's hard, for example, when I see kind of new identities emerging, or people finding different words to describe their attraction, for example, than those that were used before like, yeah, I'm confused at first, like, what does that mean? What does that entail? But it's not that hard to just do a quick Google search and then try to, to learn about it. And yeah, keep an open yeah. mind, I would say. Or if,
0: or if a person, um, you know, uses a word that you don't know, you can just ask the person what the word is yeah. without being completely disrespectful. And they might even be happy about you asking because, you know, they do want to be understood. Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do we have anything else? I mean, we probably technically would have a lot of other things to talk about, but no time, but...
1: (laughs) Not for me, no. I think we, we covered the most
2: important stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean to that, what we can uh, do, uh, I think, what's pretty clear at this point is that we've answered that on a pretty personal level. Um, oh, yeah. We are not able <laughs> to march into parliaments and change laws, but people can vote and elect the right people that introduce the right uh, laws and so on. Um, but from a very personal standpoint and interhuman human aspect, conversational level, that's what we can do.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I guess that was it from us for now, again. I don't know, we're probably gonna start working on the next series of the podcast, um, once the worst of the Uni
2: stuff is done.
0: I don't know because it's pretty busy right
2: now. In it? It is, yeah. I, I thought you were going to say the worst of the plague. Um, <laughs> too early? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, that might take a while, so. It, it might, sadly, yeah. So. If that's all, it'll be my task to close the hailing frequencies. (laughs) Yep. Okay. Bye-bye.